welcome everyone to your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. That is me. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 610, Leap, is sponsored by Space Pen, because aliens have to write things down, too. Pete, the big news this week, of course, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at San Diego Comic-Con, season seven to be the last season. We don't need to dig in very deep into that right now, though, do we? No, we have already recorded a podcast for your listening pleasure, available on FantasticGeek.com and Apple Podcasts. So certainly good recap there, which lets us focus entirely on this episode. When we catch you up on what went down, our teaser, Sarge's body with a gunshot wound to his dome is gurneyed away as an annoying siren sounds. I guess they couldn't get those European sirens, Matt. Klaxon, klaxon. Uh, Fitzsimmons come rushing in. They will work on him, noting that the uh, resemblance to Coulson is uncanny. Meanwhile, May is still there admitting that she shot him. Why? Because it had to be done. Title card. Pete, we return from that with May being babysat by Quake. We can see that May appears to not quite know who Quake is. I think we at home are picking up on that, perhaps faster than the people that are inside this hour-long episode that need it to unfold in an orderly fashion. Yes, and Sarge having left the team and 100,000 people for dead uh he is definitely totally 100 percent not colson no way to possibly redeem him at colson whatsoever boy that's gonna make this episode tough pete the question though what could make may do this with that may turns away saying that it was time to be extreme pete could have been time to have a little guitar there going but it's not that extreme uh Outside, Yo-Yo and Mac wonder how May could do this, how Mac's right hand these last few months could go rogue. Piper's there, too. She can't believe it either. Pete, at a certain point, they need to wonder, is this actually May? Yeah, and uh, they begin to float the possibility of uh, reviewing security cameras. Piper has just heard here what happened, and we go to Simmons with the body. Fitz is also there. Both continue to be disturbed by the resemblance. But, oh, my God, he has a pulse. He was shot four times. He lost practically all his blood. Yet, he is getting stronger. Hashtag Colson lives. Hashtag Sarge lives. Uh, we get flashes of a netherworld where Colson or Sarge uh, see a woman we know that uh, it's got to be one of a handful of ladies, Pete. I think if you're thinking it's Sarge, it's got to be uh, Izell. Otherwise, man, Pete, maybe this is hope for hashtag Colson Lives, but for right now, at least on first viewing, it's all shrouded in mystery. It is. We'll dig into that in level seven. The light, I love the transition, Matt, uh, back to his pupils. Uh, Daisy, then with... Uh, Mac 
and Yo-Yo explaining here that the reasoning that May gave was not a fan of Sarge. Um, but why a gun? Why she would go at it like this? She would beat him to a pulp. Piper pipes in. That would be fun to watch. But guns are not her thing. So Daisy sends Piper to May's quarters to look for anything out of place. Uh, Daisy's going to retrace May's steps and Yo-Yo is going to talk to May. And Diaz is dismissed. In Yo-Yo talking to May, it turns out May remembers the party and all of a sudden now she's in holding. She is surprised to be told that she uh, shot Sarge. With that, we cut to Piper hearing creaks in the dark. Something leaps out, and she shoots to end the act. After the act break, Deke and Fitz are catching up with each other. Man out of time, Coulson doppelganger, it's all tough. Uh, Coulson and the monolith interacted. Pete, we get the visual here, too. It's going to tie back in the second half. Uh, with Again, Coulson and the monolith interacting. Izell and the monoliths interacting. How's it all connected? Is it, Pete, hashtag all connected? It is always all connected, Matt. Um, all good questions, but as Deke points out, everyone on that screen, the the headshot of Coulson with the smile, the friendly father vibes, the brooding Sarge, the evil uncle, and the shadowy Izel all dead. The monolith is not dead. It's a thing. <laughs> um, Deke says that he knows Sarge a little bit too although Sarge did ruin Deke's company's uh, IPO hey, it's a tough business yeah, his his successful business hey let's talk about capitalism no not that, that ruinous kind that kind of led to some excess of the company uh, how about the, the tough capitalism of the future with tokens hey awkward discussion look it's Piper let's shift the discussion to her Yes, and the discussion as well that it was normal, stoic, brooding May prior to this situation. Uh, but Piper guesses May will be just fine. Uh, indeed, Piper, having, having been given no clues by these two uh, for more about May, she's going to ask around. As the two gents walk away, she starts to fiddle with science things. Pete, those science things later identified as uh, as Shrike crystal shards. The dark crystal shards, if you will. Uh, with that, we cut to May. It wasn't her. She doesn't remember anything much after last week's episode. I, I don't know, Pete, that she calls it last week's episode because that would be very meta. <laughs> uh, she does remember heading to her quarters and then saw... Davis, wait a minute, Pete. I hope she listened to last week's podcast where we noted that something was really weird with Davis. Yeah, she was pissed, but she did not want to shoot Sarge. She wanted to sleep. But Yo-Yo points out that she has confessed to this crime, but she does not think she ever got to her quarters. Cut to Quake seeing a mess in the hall. She sees a guard. Hey, it's Diaz who's been bloodied. Who did this? We then cut again to Simmons, who has Sarge hidden away. Mac arrives. And why are Sarge's vitals so strong? Where did his wounds go? Pete, he's all swole. I think that's what the kids say nowadays. <laughs> I think Clark Gregg himself said hashtag dad bod. The things we learn about Pete. None of this makes sense. Uh, should they post a guard? Simmons and Mac debate 
as the camera moves into Sarge. Yeah, uh, he's getting stronger and stronger here. Uh, the wounds have completely disappeared. And the topic of what he is and whether they need to let people know about it, they don't. He's been restrained. Of course, that would be enough, right? Um, but we have uh, Yo-Yo pounding on Davis's quarters. Yes, and I personally liked that we had a knock-knock on Davis's door over on the Jessica Jones podcast. I've taken in the recaps to mentioning every single time there's a knock-knock on the door, so this was a nice bit of continuity there. Uh, he's less happy about it, though. He's trying to sleep off the festivities. Funny, he blacked out in the hall. May helped him, said he should go relax. She was so sweet, helping him rest. Wait a minute, this does sound odd for May. Also, he lost time. Pete, take us to Piper. Well, I just want to add that Davis thought he learned his lesson after the Space Puff incident of 2019, not 2000. 23 uh so i guess just a reminder that this is in that nether world that uh loeb and jed whedon spoke about which is simultaneously after endgame but they didn't know the ending of endgame so welcome to 2019 shruggy emoji piper has her uh shrike crystal shard in a jar of water Yes, Pete, she's using the science to make it act as a compass. Now, Pete, I know that uh, former Boy Scouts such as yourself know if you take a needle, you rub it on some wool or other cloth, get that static electricity up, put it on a piece of cork, uh, and put it in water, it will point north. That's what she's doing here, except she's not looking to go north. She's looking to go to the uh, energy soccer ball of doom, not official name. But uh, Piper... That's her, Matt, is asked by Deke, that's definitely him, if uh, she knows when someone likes to be around them. It's, it's for an app. Now, Pete, I know there are some pals out there uh, who are not Deke fans. I know Jen Phillips on Twitter definitely is not. This scene, to me, captures the, the best about Deke, where he's a little self-centered, He's rambling. It's also funny. It's also kind of heartfelt because you want to be able to connect with people. And Deke wants to be able to connect with this similarly aged person in Fitz, similar intellect, etc. He also also wants to connect because Fitz is family. All of this here, heartfelt, uh, urgent to Deke, though not urgent to us. That's your comedy. Wonderful, wonderful moment. And as he's rambling, hey, why do you have a Shrike crystal? And back to Davis here, who explains the last thing he remembers. He was with Jocko the Giant. The ship went up in flames here. Uh, he had been chasing Izel. He got her into a room, got a glimpse of her. Oh, no. And back to Deke with Piper here. Hey, you should be careful with those things. They can totally turn people into zombies. And we see the first leap from which this episode draws its name uh interesting effect how Izel comes out of uh piper and in to deke with that piper uh says something is wrong and now pete i don't know how you did it in your notes but i say that the 
The entity replying to Piper is Deke Izell, uh, who says that he's feeling off today, too. Something's going around where people kind of feel a little funny in the head. Why don't it's you go right? Dizel or Dizel? Dizel. Ooh, well, Pete, if we go with that naming convention, then it's going to get really sticky in a couple of scenes where there's uh, Mizel, Quizel, Mazel. Mazel. Um, uh, D- Dizel. We, we, we could do it if we want. It might be a little confusing for the listener. I don't know. Um, then what do we call Izel when she's by herself? Is it Izel, Izel? I don't know, Pete. Just, but just Izel. <laughs> just Izel. Uh, Izel, yeah. <laughs> Dizine Mizel. Whatever it was that John Travolta said. Anyhow, Pete, take us to the HQ room and Mac in charge. Yes, uh, they come in and they explain they think they have it all figured out here that it wasn't May. It was Izell. Um, it could be anyone in there. Meanwhile, Deke has, uh, as Izell, gone to attempt to get into the room where she needs top clearance. And of course, the guard is not going to allow Deke with a history of stealing shield tech to do that um he needs top level does this guard look top level obviously not and mac places the lighthouse in lockdown with his non-european sirens pete i just have to point out that guard by the way says it would have to be somebody top level you know like the director because later we're gonna have a little callback to that moment. But uh, as you say, Pete, lockdown to end the act. We return from the act break, still in the HQ room. May is happy to be sprung. Everything is locked up tight. Uh, a head count is underway. How can they screen people? After all, she could be one of them. Oh, hey, Deke. No uh, need to worry about you, except for the audience saying, it's Deke, it's Deke. Spoiler alert, Pete, it's not. Mac agrees that uh, Izel could be here right now. Uh, however, it appears that she doesn't know private secrets. Pete, time for everybody to share some secrets. Yes, this third act key in unfurling the rules. One other detail Matt left out. Daisy sent an encrypted message to River's End where all the agents were told to shelter in place. Reference is made by Deke that he has no secrets to share because he talks a lot. Pete, I thought that was a red alert on Deke Izell. Turns out that's a red herring. Still, though, they're going to round robin some secrets. The long and the short of it is Yo-Yo is okay. Daisy's okay. Mac's okay. Mac takes the two of them aside, uh, steps into Pete in last season, what used to be Rock Breaker Man's office. <laughs> um, and uh, it was it was that guy with the, the eye thing. Um, yes. But uh, Mac here in the present day, present day 2019, let's not forget, uh, locks them into that office area. What what has he done? Is Mac evil? What's going on? No, wait. He's locked away the two strongest weapons, keeping them away from Izell. Hey, that all checks out. Pete, it was around this point that I realized, oh my goodness, they've done a lockdown in the, the lighthouse. This is a bottle episode that, like the best of bottle episodes, doesn't broadcast the fact hey we're doing a thing with existing sets and we stay put it's a great story to have an excuse to not go outside the sound stages that you already built 
Yeah, and the the tension and suspense within this episode really, really well done. Is it their best of this season? I think last week was, but I think this is this is close. Bottom line is that Davis is up next to share some things. He took something from Crylore. Pete, it was a pen. Oh, Davis. It, it tugs at the heart preemptively, Pete. Uh, with that, Piper comes in. She's blaming Deke. Piper has put it all together. And we're like, yes, it is Deke. Uh, Deke, however, says that he's lost some time, too. They snipe back and forth. Then all of a sudden they wonder if it's Fitz. Fitz wonders back if it's Mac. And I thought somebody was going to say... In fact, I thought Fitz was going to say, this is what she wants. She wants us all suspecting each other. Uh, but maybe he was going to say that. But at that point, Izell steps out of Fitz. She is there. She is present. And Pete, she wants information. Yeah. And then we get Mac choking Deke out. Indeed, with that choking, you kind of realize... The Izell-Mac combo can start something, but when she finally steps out of him, it's, you know, Mac is still momentarily hurting Deke, and kind of the full gravity of the episode is clear. Pete, all this while, Davis steps up on the second level to get a better tactical advantage. Meanwhile, Pete on the floor. Oh, no, what's happened to Piper? Yeah, Izell back into her body there, raises her hand, and blows a gunshot right through it. Doesn't flinch maybe the best moment of this episode uh at this point the order is given to davis up on that second level tactical advantage take the shot davis and pete he says i can't director <gasps> wait a minute now Izell knows who the director is you see pete that 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 little tic-tac-toe there from guard guy who said somebody important like the director then davis says director then she now knows where to go there's a great transfer from the different bodies, kind of leapfrogging one after another after another, ending up with her in Davis with that gun. And the fake out, Matt, whereas we considered Davis a goner last week, no, he was merely incubating Izell. Instead, he takes a really nasty tumble off the second level. Yes, to end the act. And my only complaint about this act that we just wrapped up is that it's not clear that Davis is dead when you get to the act break, which is a good moment of tension, but, well, we'll get to that in due course. Elsewhere in the lighthouse, Sarge is alive, he breaks free, muscles are on point. However, back to that main headquarters room, Quake and Yo-Yo break out. Pete, this is where Davis gets his eyes closed. R.I.P. Davis. I have to say, Pete, uh, this, this this stung a teensy tiny bit. I've come to enjoy Davis as a as a supporting presence on the show. I think a lot of viewers did, but uh, last week wouldn't have been the way to send him off. And uh, here to get a little bit more to know that he has a space pen thief, um, you know, makes it sting all the more. May sends out a building-wide all-call. Find the director ASAP. Do not approach. Dangerous. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, meanwhile, Fitz gets some exposition here. Because let's not forget, Pete, we have one character who's missed out on part of the story. I wonder if they'll do that again with another character. Uh, but Fitz gets told there's a fear dimension relating to the monolith light. Fitz wonders if perhaps it wasn't a dimension. We cut to Sarge, then back to Fitz. There's the time 
uh, monolith, the space monolith. How about the third one was a creation monolith? Hope everybody's listening at home. Maybe Coulson went in and all three energies created. Wait for it, Pete. A Coulson copy in the past. If that's true, he doesn't know. Pete, is there hope in this world? There's nothing but hope, Matt, particularly not only with the three remaining episodes of this season, but the 13 in the final season. We're going to talk about the ramifications of this in level seven. To think, Pete, the tension introduced in episode 601, where Sarge and his truck appeared, destroyed Pawnee Town Hall, and then now here we are finally given, not officially in the story, the out for Coulson, but we can all see the glide path to get Coulson back. It's a relief here. Uh, we cut to Izel Mack, who gets to the protected door. Uh, this is intercut with Sarge breaking his thumb to get out of the cuffs. Pete, you know somebody's tough when they break a thumb to get out of cuffs. Isn't it the only way to do that? Mack bangs his head against the pipe there, and Izel comes out, and she has found a floaty silver soccer ball of doom. Pete, that's a gravitonium device holding the power of three monoliths. I just need to pause for one moment and say, remember that first uh, that first kind of self-contained mystery episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it was either episode 102 or 103, I take that back, but uh, where it was with the gravitonium and it was with Gravitron. And here we are still dealing with gravitonium. I know it's been through twists and turns since then, but it was, it was a nice moment. Um, Bottom line, in that holding room, Izel is in there. We see Yo-Yo and Daisy and Root, but in the room, Izel is joined by Sarge. Pete, will they lovingly reunite? Not based on Sarge drawing his gun to begin the fifth act. Uh, indeed, she's been shot at, but it doesn't harm her. Uh, and she says, doesn't he realize that he is there to join her? Pete, I don't know what kind of joining is going to go on. Let's not forget this is ABC on an 8. Uh, 8 p.m. time slot, but uh, we get some more information. They're intertwined, even though he is still shooting. Uh, he can't end her, but Izel doesn't want to kill him. She wants to wake him to have him remember that he didn't have a family. The memories are an echo from before. We see Pete that his flashes of May and Daisy. Oh man, life getting better, even though it's still slightly confusing. Yeah, and this intertwined nature that they share continuing to be illuminated the non-corporeal existence they had and now inhabiting bodies indeed and the body was there the sarge personality took over wait sarge is remembering her name patch o tochik uh yes they found the dialis their wishes are going to come true pete the time has come for them to bring their uh, kind to this realm. Wait, they are known as Shrike. It all makes more sense now. Indeed, it does, Pete. This is an exposition-heavy episode delivered by way of a bottle episode, and they're doing a great job with it, particularly as Izel takes that gravitonium canister, uh, but he says, Sarge says he's afraid of letting things out. Um, but ultimately, out the door she walks, then... She takes Yo-Yo. Pete, this is the worst-case scenario. Why is that? 
because she has access to Yo-Yo's abilities now, she can absolutely destroy them, okay? That she hadn't known what her abilities were prior to assuming her identity and makes her the perfect candidate to escape the lighthouse. Mac offers her a plane in exchange for, you know, not slicing everyone's throat, uh, but he has to go with her, Izel in the form of Yo-Yo, approves that. Uh, it is a silly show of love and ownership, but she approves nonetheless. Uh, back in headquarters, Davis's body is taken away, R.I.P. Davis. May and Piper are mourning. Elsewhere, Simmons wakes, seeing Sarge gone. Pete, this is your classic. Towards the end of an episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. montage, uh, in the containment room, Sarge is taken away, wearing a S.H.I.E.L.D. jacket. <gasps> and in slow motion, Mac clears a path for him and Izel Yo-Yo. They board the plane, May nodding to Mac. Pete, what's that nod all about? That's all about trusting the team that they will able be able to get him back. We have the end of the act, and hey, they're watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, it's the exchange in the containment room. Deke notes that there's an entire realm of non-corporeal beings. This kind of reminds Fitz of Ghost Rider, uh, and Deke wonders if he's named that because he's a ghost who rides bodies. And Fitz kind of goes, oh, yeah. And I'll admit, Pete, so did I. I just thought it was like he's a ghost that rides a motorcycle, but this in a weird retcon way works. Yes, it does. And if only, Matt, if only Marvel TV had a Ghost Rider TV show coming. Well, and if only we saw some sort of uh, uh, ghost riding, small g, small r, going on in this episode. Wait a minute. As Sarge walks back and forth in that holding cell, his hand kind of gets blurry, transdimensional, and he's wondering if it's really him to end the episode. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys, which includes Maisel, Pizel, Izel, Dizel. Bizel, Maxel, and Yizel. Pete, I think that what you're trying to say here is that Izel is not only the primary antagonist for the episode, but the only antagonist. And again, you know, I know we've taken some of these episodes to task uh, in the past. No sarcasm here. Bottle episode, single villain. Uh, and then they milk that single villain into, according to your list, one, two, three, four, five, six other people in addition to her normal form in an episode that is not kind of zany LMD sort of fun, but it has that madcap sense of anyone could be the bad guy at any moment and then not be the bad guy. And it all works as Izel not only does all of that, but also reveals the ultimate truth behind Sarge and her ultimate want, and gives us a, a, a way out for the remainder of the season. This is like a super-powered episode here. This episode was clearly pitched as the thing, but in the lighthouse. And it works. The thing in the lighthouse, and also the turning point for the season, and the setup for the last three episodes. Um, and... Let's see, probably when they, certainly when they were filming this, they knew they were coming back. But it was around this time where if you're going to set up series finale for season six or renewal for season seven, it's all hinging on this episode, too. 
to make the mechanism of Izel's ability to move into other people the cost of their memories, I think, was particularly inspired. But she gains the abilities, which is why you knew she was going to wind up either in Daisy or in Yo-Yo, that they choose Yo-Yo, that Mac makes the noble sacrifice, of course, to go with her to prevent any kind of harm to coming to her now that they're back together, all makes sense. I think, too, we also have recast, with the knowledge that she gives us, we have recast Sarge's bad uh, things he's done in the past, which now... It's the Coulson in him that's having him fight against her. We also have a better understanding of the Shrike in terms of she's trying to give a home to her people, a corporeal home to her people. And again, I just marvel that this this single villain who wants to do a single bad thing, which is you know figure out how to reunite with her lover, that drives the whole episode. And on driving, Matt... Though Sarge may drive a truck, the good people of Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek drive not just this podcast, but an entire family of podcasts. Indeed they do, Pete. They're our crew on Sarge's big rig, making sure that we can use our spray paint things to jump from hither to yon. Sometimes we're in the MCU, sometimes we're in the Star Trek universe, sometimes we're in a galaxy a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and all made possible by the people who keep us listener supported at patreon.com slash fantastic geek so if you want to help sustain not only what you're listening to now but our entire backlog think back to inhumans all the marvel netflix stuff uh a gal by the name of agent carter all there for you to listen to all helped by patreon.com slash fantastic geek and everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content welcome to level seven time to analyze and theorize matt colson's identity and his memories starting to all make sense here how it can be accessed and brought back absolutely and i don't fault the show one bit for giving us a roadmap to that uh i think the 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 audience discomfort that oh you killed him off uh then had to come up with a thing because you got renewed and you didn't plan on it and clark Gregg should still be in it so i don't know we'll just make him a bad guy that looks like holson all of that discomfort now has been washed away in a single episode in my mind pete the question is do we get colson back at the end of the season finale do we get it in the first hour of the season finale of course those two episodes airing on the same night uh, or do we get colson back next week it's got to be one of those three episodes right absolutely pete where do you think Izel's jet is headed where in this where on this globe I mean, those of us that watch previews, Matt, know exactly where she's going. Uh, then I guess I get to look forward to next week's episode with complete uh, wonder and wide-eyed anticipation. What other theories do you have? So the shadowy figure that Coulson Sarge sees uh, when he is recovering from the gunshots, 
we do see later on May, we see Daisy as well. Um, but given the revelations courtesy of Azel, and again, the intertwining that's going on there, it's her. But if you look at that profile, Matt, it could be a couple other characters. Did you pick up any others that it kind of looked like? It did. It did cross my mind that, that that first time that we see the woman, there's enough ambiguity there where I wasn't quite sure who it was. Are, are, are you hinting at anyone in particular, Pete? I got a couple that, you know, if you put them next to that profile, could be our cellist. I uh, got a distinctly Ada profile out of that one. I don't know why. There's no real connection with Colson and Ada, but I thought it was interesting. Whoever they chose to uh, to profile there, intentionally or unintentionally, adding a couple layers. It would be interesting to know. I must admit, I was expecting I was expecting the episode to slow pedal these reveals, and I thought that it was going to be, oh man, Sarge is remembering that he's in love with Izel, and the fact that they kind of jump over that Izel gives us that in dialogue but it's actually colson's memories colson's shield family you know it's a good bit of it's a good bit of uh, of cutting off audience expectations and jumping ahead the shrike crystal shards that Izel has now um she also has the floaty uh disco ball of death um, she would seem to have everything she needs. Yes, I mean, if nothing else, we certainly have enough uh, weight and danger to take us to the end of the season in terms of her ability to still open up a portal for these non-corporeal beings to come in and inhabit the billions of people on Earth. Uh, I'm interested to see, is that a dramatic tension that lasts through these next three episodes, I think that's probably logical when you're in the writing room and you're looking at the whiteboard. Me as an audience member, do I necessarily want three full more episodes mostly dedicated towards stopping Azel and two-thirds of the way through episode 613, she's finally defeated. Now we can dedicate, you know, a full two acts or a full act and a you know, two two shorter acts and a tag scene, something like that towards Coulson being back you know eh, I, I would cut a little fat from there but let's see how things unfold certainly this is a show that's all about twists and turns and keeping things exciting so we have three monoliths we have a space monolith we have a time monolith we have a creation monolith the power of all three of them in that spinny device matt this Sarge Colson, this Solson, if you will, a soul stone. Thank goodness it's only 2019. Um, certainly, if nothing else, this is a show that's dealing with some of those, uh, you know, interstellar powers similar to uh, those found on Thanos's gauntlet. So I don't think that it's necessarily outside the realm of the MCU to have powers like this. I'll add too, even separate from the movies, 
we've seen enough of the monoliths for long enough that if they want to up the ante and say, ooh, the power of three, or ooh, we only identified what two of them did, story solution, the third one gives us what we need to, to solve things, it's all been set up in a way where it's not like it's not like they all of a sudden went to uh, you know the S.H.I.E.L.D. repository, Raiders of the Lost Ark style, and found a, a convenient thing to save the day. This is all well, well baked into the fabric of the show. So obviously the ability to resurrect a character now has come back. Will this spread past Coulson that Lincoln Campbell got name-checked in this episode, his sister Amanda receiving part of um, the salary that Daisy earns every month. Very interesting. I'm going to give you my wish, though, Matt. If we can go back and for this final seventh season, resurrect one other character, make him good once and for all, Let's get uh, Brett Dalton's ward in there with a clean slate and finally restore this back to the way it needed to be. It is an interesting notion to wonder how far is this reset going to occur. I'm, I'm not crazy about the idea that just as there was duplicate fits and you could kill off Fitz Prime, but get Fitz almost just as Prime, just rewound a little bit. And, you know, after a certain number of episodes, he's basically the same guy. Um, we're kind of following that same playbook for Colson here, at least we seem to. I'm not crazy about that. Now, that said, seeing, reading the uh, Jeff Loeb interview with Deadline that we referenced on our San Diego Comic-Con podcast, and knowing that they really, really thought the season five was the end, I'll give enough room if it's going to be two characters with the power of time to get to get brought back to life. You know, okay, that's fair enough. That keeps things going. Certainly, we're not going to do without Coulson just because. Oh, we wrote ourselves into a corner, and writers can't write out of corners. Um, again, do they double down? Do they quadruple down and say we're going to reset things even further, or we're going to fix the timeline, or whatever it's going to be? They certainly could. If you want to tell me that our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 cast plus everybody else somehow magically returns after this, that, and the other, and in the final moments of the final episode, we see them all there in 2023, that could be cool, too. That could be fulfilling as well. Well, Matt, a Ghost Rider, a new show coming, Season 7 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. almost wrapped... Gabriel Luna, you know, he of the forthcoming Terminator movie, uh, ready to reprise that role. And suddenly you're going to have a bunch of actors from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who need work. I think there's that. I also think, you know, is there the possibility of seeing seeing him return uh, in season seven? I'd say that's probably 50-50 at this point, could we rule out a surprise cameo from Robbie Reyes before the end of this season? Eh, I'd say odds are stacked against it, but I wouldn't rule that out either. If nothing else, Pete, knowing that at the end of the day, Jeff Loeb is about keeping, keeping productions moving forward, even as Marvel TV is making a fraction of what it used to, for them to name drop 
Ghost Rider here, and then, you know, a handful of months after this episode was shot, they announce a, a Ghost Rider series, classic Jeff Loeb to make it. Hashtag it's all connected. Transmissions. Let's check the wire. Pete, we ran our poll. Uh, more votes than usual in this poll, by the way, which was certainly uh, fulfilling. 4% gave this episode one star. I did what now? 6% gave it two stars. Lockdown. 10% gave it three stars. Wake up. And 80% gave it four stars. Everybody, join. We also had some thoughts on Twitter. The first one from Andre Yeager. That's at Dr. Polo 1983. Are we going to get a return of Ghost Rider before the end of next season? We do have a series starting up next year. Just saying it's all connected. Pete, I did not read his tweet before I said all that stuff just before. That shows that Andre and I and you and all of us were all on the same page. We are. It makes sense. The only thing that might get in the way is the ABC Hulu difference. But, uh... It's all connected. Uh, tweet from ML Huber writes, uh, I think it's easily one of the best episodes of the series. I loved Clark Gregg's acting at the end and everyone else's acting was also perfect. Uh, Davis made me sad. Uh, oh, and so did Piper because ow. Also, S.H.I.E.L.D. seriously needs to redo its medical restraint policy. Pete, I'll piggyback off what she said. Each actor, when appropriate, um, had a differentiated Izell performance versus their main performance. Sometimes it was more subtle. Sometimes it was more obvious, depending on, you know, whether other characters knew it was Izell or not. But you could clearly tell Izell Yo-Yo from Yo-Yo, etc. Had to be a lot of fun to play. And then, you know, the decisions made in terms of how they would perform it, emphasize the, uh, the, the host nature as opposed to their normal selves. couple more tweets here, Pete. One from at Dr. Joy P, Dr. Joy P. Uh, that was, and then emoji of uh, screaming happy person. Uh, lastly, Pete, a tweet from uh, Susan Howells, who says, I don't get to see it until tomorrow on Hulu. That's okay. You can still vote in the poll. Uh, we happen to be recording a little later on Saturday than we normally do, but get those thoughts in. Worst comes to worst, we share them with the next episode. Uh, feel free to feel free to keep those calm lines open. To Facebook, Matt, where James Killen writes in, just listen to this one. He's referring to last week's podcast for episode 609, Collision Course Part 2. He says, Robert T. Frost is giving Fred a run for his money. And then Robert T. Frost writes in, James Killen, wow, thank you. That's very high praise. Not sure I deserve it. Fred has a very discerning eye for details, aspects of production and story flow, plus a really cool accent. Wish we could get more Fred. Uh, Robert T. Frost continues, this is something I want to write about. I wanted to write about much earlier, but just couldn't find the time. So apologies for lack of timeliness. Last podcast, Matt commented on the real world touch points. The show adapts for the story. This is about the Shrike. In our real world, we have several species of birds that are called Shrikes. A nickname for the Shrike is the Butcher Bird because it is a carnivorous hunter that catches insects and small invertebrates and impales them on thorns. The points wow. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> the points on barbed wire fences or any sharp pointed item so it's easier to feed. Uh, I love how the show adapted the world, real world Shrike into a sci-fi monster that used a crystalline structure of spikes to attack, defend, and create a pointy tower. I don't know who came up with the idea, but they should be commended. It seems the showrunners and or the writers listened to the critiques. Yo-Yo has not only been using her power in a timely fashion, but smartly too. Note, I know the episodes are already shot, edited, and in the can long before we see them in our real-time critiques and criticisms won't change the story in the following episodes, but hopefully the writers will take it to heart and treat our beloved characters better. On the other hand, I do question Daisy's ability to hold in and compress a nuclear explosion. I know she is a powerful character, but is this maybe a bit too much? Lastly, I already miss Jocko. I think the show has missed an opportunity here. Not necessarily a new full-time character, but I would have liked to have seen him make it through the last few episodes. Till next week, your friend, Bob. I don't disagree one bit about Jocko there. I can understand the need for character beginning, middle, end, and I understand how you don't necessarily want too many loose threads. I can also understand how you're right last week's episode okay great but you're planning for this week's episode and you go you know what point is if you have if jocko's in lockup all right at what point is Azel going after him because of all his powers this that the other pete maybe there's a maybe jocko had a twin who can come back if you can imagine pete an agents of shield story arc where a character who we thought was dead is replaced by a near twin i say let's go for third time's the charm well, Pete, with two weeks left, that's three episodes, it being a two-hour uh, finale on August 2nd, we would love to hear from people as we as we enter this home stretch here of Season 6. Pete, how can people be in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,594 followers, can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do me a touch of the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, one word, like it today. All right, Pete, let's get the easy one out of the way first here. If you're listening for more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you're listening on the S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast feed, we'll be back next Saturday to talk more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you're listening to us in the Pop Culture podcast feed, as we are recording this, it's about an hour or so until the Star Trek Universe podcast at San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to be podcasting that in the next couple days. Uh, this evening is the Marvel Studios panel divergent opinions as to whether that's going to have a lot of razzle-dazzle or a little bit. Uh, then there's just the rest of San Diego Comic-Con to talk about hither and yon. So a busy next couple of days, maybe next four or five days uh, on the Pop Culture Podcast feed. Can't forget that we have a Jessica Jones episode going up tomorrow night, Sunday night as well. So uh, this is super fun to be talking about S.H.I.E.L.D., MCU, movies, Star Trek, three series minimum uh and then all the other stuff including game of thrones westworld dark crystal watchman the walking dead and top gun Whew. but with that pete 
I'll say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. Because it had to be done. <laughs>